0: This week on the Recruitment Flex, we give you tips on how you should spend your advertising budget. Influencer marketing comes to talent acquisition. Shopify says no to meetings and LinkedIn is testing a career nudge tool. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, just back from vacation, and my wonderful co host, I think, is back from vacation. Or did you work during the Christmas break? No,
1: I worked all the way through. Good to see you, Serge.
0: Good to see you too.
1: I missed you. But I'm so glad that you took the time with your family. I really am, because that time you can never get back.
0: Yeah, I did work on a couple of different things. Try to escape the family for an hour because I love spending time with them, but I'm not used to 24 hours all the time yeah. on with the kids. It was so much fun this year, Christmas, like the twins, man, you should have seen them on Christmas morning. They were so excited opening the gifts and then they just played with their toys all day. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this Christmas. This was probably the most laid back Christmas. How was yours?
1: No, one question I've got to know. I'm dying to know. <laughs> what yeah. time Christmas morning did the girls get up?
0: Shocking. All right. Because I was expecting really early. I think it was seven o'clock. Like I still remember having oh, okay. woken up and I'm like, oh, what time is it? Like 5 a.m.? And I look, I'm like, it's seven o'clock. I think they went to bed a little bit later Amazing. on. But the day before Christmas, Shelly came to visit me. Yes. That was oh, fun. I-
1: That so was. Oh my goodness. The girls were so happy to see me when I'm walking up to the door. And I don't know if it was Annabelle or Genevieve. I don't know which one it was because I don't know the twins that well. And they were dressed identical that day.
0: Were they? Uh,
1: But she was dancing like her little feet were just. (laughs) Oh my God. She was so excited to see me. It just filled my heart. Oh that my was goodness. Annabelle.
0: Annabelle is like your biggest fan because she brings up your name all the time. Oh. So Shelly, my best friend, Shelly.
1: It was so fun to see the girls. And I remember when my kids were that age, it was like, even at five o'clock, don't come in the room if it's before six. And the kids are like, well, how will we know? <laughs> we'll tell you. How was
0: your Christmas? You had the whole family, right?
1: I did, yes. I had everybody over to my place. But Parker's been here since mid-December, and he leaves this weekend to go back. And I think he's really appreciating the luxuries of home. Things like food, (laughs) (laughs) unlimited booze. (laughs) Because one of the things we did, I was telling you, we did the old-fashioned Christmas. at all these different bourbons, and we've decided which is our favorite. And then gin. So, the boys, not me, but there is such a variety of tonics. Who knew? So, yes, it was all about booze. We found some locally made mold wine in Germany. The most popular thing to do is you drink hot wine outdoors in the Christmas markets. And I found there's one local brewer that makes some mold wine. It was so good. Oh, my God. Mold? Yeah. Is it it done with mold? No, mold. Ah, oh, okay. M-U-L-L.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, be, <laughs> okay. Okay. okay.
0: You're following? You, you know, I don't drink a lot, Shelley. And I know. pretty much the and whole what week. what did I bring you for Christmas? You brought me bellies, which <laughs> I had Christmas morning. I had it a couple of times, but I drank pretty much every day of the vacation. I drank champagne. Well, I'm extra, as the kids would say, like champagne every day, like mimosa. Then at night, you start drinking. It was a lot of fun. But now we are 2023, and I know you don't do New Year's resolution because I remember from last year, but do you have a goal for 2023?
1: Do you know, Serge, I really don't. I'm sorry to disappoint you. My goals are very airy-fairy kind of things like I really want to up my game on customer service. That's business related. On the personal side, you know, I've got this philosophy of... Find something nice to do for someone else who's not expecting it at least once a day. One small thing. That is more of a life philosophy than it is a goal.
0: I like it. Let me see if you can execute on that. You haven't done anything nice for me today. So you still get the rest of the day.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the time allotment.
0: What about you? I have plenty of goals. Okay, give me one
1: personal, one professional.
0: Oh, one personal. Well, one of the things is turning my phone off. If I am with the kids, I don't want a phone on me. And second, if I am just lounging, instead of being on my phone... I'm reading books. I've always loved reading books and I kind of went away from it because I was using a Kindle and I realized during the Christmas break, if I had a physical book, I would just Mm. sit instead of looking at my phone. As a professional one, I want to keep blowing up the recruitment flex and I really want to do a killer job at my day job. This is a very important year for us. So really want to bring it to the next level. Jumping into 2023 and the type of questions that I've been getting is I'm trying to figure out how I should allocate my recruitment marketing spend. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a very valid question that a lot of recruiters, a lot of talent acquisition people are struggling with. Where do I put my money, Lane? How do I ask for more? How can I justify return on investments? If you're leading a talent acquisition department and you need to be spending to get your brand out there, how would you approach it?
1: I would approach it starting with what are my critical roles And what's the availability, inventory, and talent? If you begin with that in mind, then money becomes less of an object. In this next year, you know that these are critical skills for the company to hire. Working it backwards is easy, easier, easier. It also depends the industry you're in, and it depends on what your turnover rates are. You really got to have a handle on your specific metrics within your organization. Because just asking for money without being able to tie that back to, here's why I need it, and here's how we've measured it. So imagine the conversation of going to your parents and saying, well, I need 150 bucks. And they say, for what? And you go, well, to spend. Good luck. I know it's simplified, but at the end of the day, you really need to understand how many people a year... You're hiring, and you need to also understand how many people you're losing a year and the industry you're in, and what is the supply of talent? Because then you may get the budget approved, but then who has the responsibility for where you spend it? To spend your money on social media, making TikTok videos, but completely ignore job boards. I know that sounds crazy, and I can see your smiling, Serge, but it's a true story. I actually have been onboarding a new client over the month of December who for some reason thought that creating all these videos would be great and putting them on TikTok, yet they had no spend on any job board. Yeah. So job seekers need to know you're hiring. Well, it's on our website. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when it comes to how much to ask for, what do you tell clients or what are the things that you're counseling TA leaders on?
0: Well, there's multiple factors. What are the gaps going to be? What's your workforce planning look like? How many people are you going to need to hire? Which market, which verticals? These are all absolutely critical in our table stake. Then we dig in a little bit deeper. And I see this with a lot of clients. They just spend where they've always spent, thinking it works. And they don't look at the actual return on investment. Where is that spend going, where am I getting the maximum value? I know of two job boards, so I'm gonna spend 50,000 here and $75,000 there, but then you don't go back and look, am I actually getting return on investment? And when I say return on investment, it can be different for different markets, right? If you are in the middle of nowhere and you're spending $1,000 on a job that free on Indeed would get exactly the same results, Well, you're wasting money, right? If you're advertising in Toronto, you need to spend a lot of money to get visibility. But if you're advertising in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, probably not. Or maybe, I don't know. I've never been to Prince Albert. But, you know, I always read Rally Recruitment and I found a really interesting article. And this is very broad. She put a guide of what companies, depending on the size, how much you should spend in this Spans across all different types of industries. So if you're one to 500 employees, and that's a very big range, I find you should be spending at least 20K on advertising your jobs. 500 to 2500, it jumps up to 150K. 2500 to 10,280K. 10, 10,000 to 50,000 employees, 670K, and if you're 50K plus employees, you should be spending at least 1.4 million on recruitment advertising. Any big shocks there, Shelly? Yep,
1: absolutely. i just picking myself up off the floor. The first thing that just makes no sense to me at all is to tie this to employee numbers. Why would it not be tied to your revenue? It's the same thing we have been preaching since day one, is that we are closer tied to marketing than we are to HR. What does HR do? They go by headcount. No, what is the revenue? How are you building a business case? It can't be based on headcount. It really should be a percentage of your revenue. It should be the same calculation that you use for marketing your product.
0: But Shelly... But, Serge, I get that. I agree with that. But also, the ability to pull a lot of data and put it in a context that can average out for everyone, I think makes sense in this particular case. Very similar to how HR tech vendors price solutions, right? If you're an ATS, you're usually pricing zero to 100 employees. This is the price, 100 to 300. This is the price. And they base it on knowing. If they have that employee count, chances are, they're going to have this many users. And as you increase it, it goes up. It's the first data point I've ever seen of how much you actually should spend. Is it accurate? Is it going to change based on if you are a fast growing startup compared to an established company that has 10 employees for the last 10 years? Obviously that's going to change, but it, it was good to see the numbers. I do want to tell you the advice that I give to people when it comes to spending their recruitment advertising. If you're in the US, you got to be programmatic. If you're not leveraging a programmatic player like AppCast or Logic, you might as well just take the money and throw out the window because Indeed is going to waste your budget like you've never believed, similar to all the other players programmatic is the way in the U.S. because that's the best way that you'll maximize your spend. In Canada, I would love to say that just use programmatic, but unfortunately, there's just not enough players outside of Indeed that programmatic makes a lot of sense. You got to know where your candidates are coming from and you have to diversify your spend. I know Indeed has a big part of the budget and if that's where the visibility, you should spend a larger proportion to Indeed. But you can't forget about the other places that people go to look for jobs. There is key niche players or regional players like SAS Jobs in Saskatchewan, Job Elico in Quebec, Career Beacon, Atlantic Canada. I would never put my eggs all in one basket. Obviously, if you're getting the highest amount of results, say from Indeed, yes, absolutely, you should spend there similar if you're getting it from career beacon you should be spending there as well then you look at all the other things that you want to do sure tiktok is great you should be doing tiktok but how are you going to get that in front of people i'm sorry but if you're gnm construction no one's looking for your fucking tiktok account right how do you get these videos in front of people and a lot of the time You need to be paying for social media. People think social media is free. If you want traction on social media, especially in this day, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you got to be paying quite a bit. So that's my advice. Any thoughts on that? Am I wrong or am I right? I agree
1: that you need to understand where your candidate source is. Yeah. Social media is not a way to advertise jobs. It is part of your branding. It is not where you post a job. I mean, how many times do we have to see Facebook for jobs fall on its face? They've taken three runs at this and it didn't work. That's not how people look for work in Canada. I think social media needs to be part of an overall strategy. But if you're talking about advertising jobs to find candidates, you need to understand where they look. And yes, it is very regional. One market, it may be dominated by one job board. But you need to know that. And I usually recommend doing some really legit A-B testing. Yeah, Not just simply, oh, I'll put $5 here and spend 50000 over there. That is not a true A-B test. It's got to be a significant amount of time. You can't just do it over the weekend. You need to be putting together legit, measurable, and fair. Because I've heard so many companies say, Oh, well, we don't get any candidates from that job board. And I said, well, how much did you spend? Well, I don't know. Find out their jobs aren't even being picked up. Yeah, no kidding. It's your job as a TA leader to be doing that and understanding legitimately where candidates coming from.
0: I 100% agree. And the last piece of advice I'll give here is if you don't have the ability to pull source reporting from where your candidates are coming from you have the wrong ATS, you need to get something else because that is the core metric for me that matters the most when it comes to recruitment marketing.
1: Well, if I may, Serge, yes. I'm going to have the last word on this because even if your ATS has it and you're spending 100000 a month on Indeed and nothing on other job boards, then of course your source report is only going to be Indeed.
0: Good but point. if you
1: really want to measure and you really want to see performance From other regional players, especially if you're recruiting across Canada, you need to equally invest and let it run for a significant amount of time, like six months. If you're looking for a quick fix, quick hit, then you know what? Just carry on. And that's why people keep doing the same thing they did last year, because it's a hell of a lot of work to do a true A-B test. Yes. Now, next topic.
0: So we won't talk about this, but just wanted to highlight January 1st, two more states in the US joined the Pay Transparency Law Club. Washington State and California now have full transparency pay laws joining New York City, Colorado. Soon, New York State will be part of it. Now, one in five employees in the US is in a state that covers pay transparency. Exciting. More to come. 2023 is the year that this is going to change dramatically, but let's jump into recruitment insights. And we talk about marketing spend Yes, and a lot of companies have had successes with influencer marketing. Our friend Hung Lee this week had one of his predictions that this is the year that influencer marketing comes to talent acquisition. And you might be like, Well, what are you talking about influencer marketing? It's already massive in B2C consumer marketing. If you go on TikTok, Instagram reels, have you ever heard of corporate Nadley? No. Oh, she's great, I've heard right? Of like Okay. Yeah, do follow her. There's a ton of them that really do a good job, but they've built a massive following and basically her skits or her TikToks are about particular situations at work. Like that person that is extremely excited about showing off her engagement ring at work and she does a skit over it, like just stuff like that. A lot of companies are starting to hire people that have those audience because if they do a recommendation, generally people that follow these people will at least look at it or take their advice on it. What we have seen in the last little while is demographic advertising is not doing as well. And what I mean by that is targeted advertising on Facebook doesn't get the same return investment I used to. Most advertising is not getting the same return investment as influencer marketing is getting, but no one is doing it in recruitment. And I'm like, how can we use this in recruitment? Here's a couple of use cases that I found. I want to get your thoughts on. How about if you hired a parenting focus influencer sharing how they are able to work flexible part-time hours for a ride sharing brand? Or... How about a beauty self-care influencer promoting opening at a national beauty retailer, doing a TikTok or Instagram reel with personal commentary on training, the benefits, the discounts? Do you think influencer marketing should come to recruitment, Shelly?
1: Wouldn't it be awesome if it actually did? Like your last example, if you are struggling to recruit at Sephora, imagine... If you had, in the old days, maybe I'm dating myself here, we called it celebrity endorsements. Lady Gaga has House Labs, her brand. But imagine if she was part of the Sephora promotion on why she chose to distribute her product through Sephora. Your recruiting problems are solved. (laughs) It is an investment in somebody attaching their celebrity or their influence to your brand. And it's brilliant. I really love the idea, though, of finding like a parenting influencer. I think of school bus driving, right? That really is an industry yeah. that relies on parents. It makes perfect sense. Why aren't we doing it? Well, search. Maybe we've got a startup company. <laughs> we should be doing this. Yeah. Honestly, you've registered the domain.
0: Yeah, registered I, the I, trademark. Uh, <laughs> we have a full business. We are now... An advertising agency leveraging influencers and companies—we're the matchmaker. There's, like there's.
1: It? As soon as you started talking about this, my ideas are just like like running wild in my head here of all the ways that you could be really clever and innovative in talent acquisition to tie these two things together. I've got one client who does destination vacations, so it's all like super adventurers, you know, the same person that would go whitewater rafting on the weekend would most likely want to work at this place as well. Like, How can you tie the two together and getting an influencer
0: to endorse this as a great place to work? In particular communities, it's very targeted. And if you look at this podcast, it's a perfect example. We have a very targeted niche listening to us that want to learn about talent acquisition or recruitment. So yeah. if I'm an advertiser wanting to get in front of people that are interested in talent acquisition, well, fantastic. We're a perfect match. But say I'm Mountain Equipment Co-op and there's an influencer that a lot of people follow about this guy that does a lot of hiking and has particular techniques. What a perfect fit of that person promoting what the benefits are to work at that company and why he would work there. There's a natural fit that we're not taking advantage This is tried and tested in product marketing. We know it works. Absolutely. yep. Why don't we leverage it for not only promoting employer brand, but job offers instead of like a tangible product? I'm with
1: you. Listen. Okay. Let's write up the business plan as soon as we get off the air.
0: Okay. Done. (laughs) But- You're a new talent acquisition leader within an organization, and I know how hard it is to get new ideas across to a business that they think of talent acquisition as you post a job. Candidates just flock in and you just have to figure out who to hire from that. When you come to them with a solution, be like, we're going to do influencer marketing, they're going to scoff at you. Get your data and your return investment of what you can actually do. If you want to differentiate yourself This is a way of doing. No one's doing it. I want to jump into the next insight because our friends at Shopify, who did Mm -hmm. a bunch of layoffs, and now they're cutting meetings. I'll read this directly from the articles. As employees return from holiday break, the Canadian e-commerce firm said it's conducting a calendar purge. So it's removing all recurring meetings with more than two people in perpetuity. Did I say that right? In perpetuity? You did. Very well done. While re-upping a rule that no meeting at all can be held on Wednesdays, big meetings of more than 50 people will get shoehorned into a six-hour window on Thursdays with a limit of one a week. The company leaders will also encourage workers to decline other meetings and remove themselves from large internal chat groups. What's your take here, Shelley?
1: I love it. To know if there's one thing, Serge, that was just a total fucking waste of time in the corporate world, was meetings. Most of the time you'd show up, why am I here? What is the purpose of this meeting? HR tries to help the business and put, you know, when you call a meeting, have an agenda, here's best practice. Entire consulting businesses have been built around how to do effective meetings. Well, how about you cancel them all together? (laughs) Honestly, it was the biggest waste of time ever. I remember, oh my God, even going back to my last corporate role, there was an HR person who was a little high on herself thinking, when I call a meeting, because now I'm HR, everyone has to come. And I would attend these meetings, there'd be 18 people in the room. And nobody knew why we were here. There was nothing accomplished. There was no decisions made. And even the dynamics in a meeting, people won't speak up because my boss is here. Well, it's not my place to speak up. So what the fuck am I doing here? Oh my God, this was a big round of applause for me, for Shopify, for doing this.
0: Going back into the corporate world is something that I realized the abundance of actual meetings is insane. And we talk about working from home and the ability to go into the office, but if you're going in an office and you're spending all your time in meetings, when are you getting your work done? And that's my biggest challenge because on average, an employee is going to spend 18 to 22 hours in meetings, leaving 20 hours to do all this work that actually progresses your business. There was a survey done or a study done about how meetings are costing large organization and the number for non-critical meetings, companies waste around a hundred million a year. And I've seen it before and I walked into the room And it's a meeting about nothing. I look at, all right, that's the VP of finance and that's the head of HR. And this is our highly skilled machine learning person. I'm like, this meeting is costing us $7,000 to talk about nothing if you take into wages. A lot of meetings are just a complete waste of time. I'm glad that Shopify is doing this. And I think every organization should look at doing this, in my opinion.
1: So why do you think this has become such a chronic problem? I mean, do you know many organizations who have a $100 million problem? They're going to solve it. But how did it get to that? Like even when you describe walking into a meeting and counting up the cost of those people in that room, how does that happen? Somebody decides that you all need to be pulled together.
0: You CEO a Shopify actually mentioned it here is... It's a lot easier to add than to remove. And I love Shopify's approach here is let's remove things instead of adding things. Instead of trying to do more, do less with better quality. It's always a focus. One of the things that popped up when we go into the next recruitment insight is LinkedIn is always testing different things. And we don't know what they're testing. We're their guinea pigs. We're their guinea pigs. That's exactly the word I was <laughs> yeah. looking for. They have shown that. They have done tons of research in the past. I think we talked about at the start of the year that they had done something showcasing particular jobs to certain candidates to test if it would work better. They got a little bit of pushback on it because you're dealing with people's jobs and their lives. They're being guinea pigs without understanding they're guinea pigs. But... Again, most people don't pay for LinkedIn, so if you're not paying, you're the product. I think that's the old saying. One of the things that came across my feed, LinkedIn is testing a personalized career change recommendation only in the U.S. The suggestions are based on the user's job search history, and it takes into account their values and preference, including factors as work-life balance, work flexibility, as well as a prospect for learning new skills and gaining promotion. It's a graphic in your job tab that gives you suggestions. And what they did is here are all the jobs that are from unicorn companies. Here are all the jobs that are maybe Y Combinator funded. And if you're in tech, these are all very interesting. LinkedIn is obviously testing a lot of different things to see if they can get more people looking for jobs or applying for jobs. Like HR is a big part of their revenue stream? They're always going to try to enhance it. Looking at this, just a test that will go nowhere, or do you think there's value in this?
1: Well, I always step back and say, you know, to what end? Why are they doing this? Is this all in an attempt to see what your preferences are? Because it does give them more data about their product, which is you, the person. But is it going to help me find a better job? I don't think so. When it comes down to things like location, do I want something close to a beach or a national park? I think on average, people don't think in those terms. They think about how interesting the work is. They think about, is this a company that I feel I want to be attached to your brand and your reputation? I don't know. I think it's stupid. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not impressed.
0: Well, I think it's brilliant. We have to go the opposite way here. The okay. number one challenge that job boards, LinkedIn, Indeed, is giving really good matches to people that are looking for jobs with these targeted type of approach, right? If you have signed up for zip recruiters, LinkedIn, Indeed, their job recommendation is still pretty bad. And this is a way for LinkedIn to keep gathering more data because a lot of this is based on their job search history that they've done on LinkedIn. This digs in deeper and makes it more personalized. It actually takes my activity and pinpoints where I would want to work based on what I've done in the past. So I think it's an improvement. Potentially this is in beta. So God knows if this is ever going to see the light of the day, but if this is going to replace the job recommendation tools that we have now from the job boards and LinkedIn, I'm all for it.
1: Ah, I think this is for suckers. I do. Who do we know is the number one customer on LinkedIn? It's HR people. Yeah. You and I know full well, because we're in TA, that IT professionals aren't on LinkedIn looking for work. So this is absolute bait for
0: HR people.
1: It's like dangling candy in front of them, right? Come and get it. It's chocolate or a bottle of vodka or whatever.
0: Shelly, like, what honestly, I want you to is do such
1: bullshit, this is just this is for suckers, because you've been telling me for years, IT professionals, long abandoned LinkedIn, that is not where they look for jobs.
0: Well, I guess it's what? Not. They're back on. Really? Yes, Whoa, they really? are.
1: They're back on LinkedIn
0: there are a lot more LinkedIn than the type of inquiries I'm getting from people reaching out to me from the tech sector, knowing I was in tech recruitment, never had this amount of contacts coming to me in the last like three months from this particular sector. The same motherfuckers that didn't answer my emails two years ago are now coming back to me and being like, Hey, in
1: case you have something
0: I'm looking. Yeah. What I want you to do, Shelley, <laughs> I want you yes, to go sir. to zip recruiter. <laughs> Indeed all the major job boards, LinkedIn, and sign up to their job recommendation emails. And you will see no one has figured out how to do a really good job with it. And this is what LinkedIn's trying to do here.
1: So I will tell you that I do this on a regular.
0: Yeah. How good are the job recommendations for you?
1: Well, I keep fucking it up because I will always pretend to be a different type of job seeker to see if I can trip it up because my behavior online is not what it normally would be. If you consistently. Oh, I know would've... that.
0: I've seen your search history. <laughs>
1: Busted. <laughs> Busted. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Look, too many cat videos. Sure. That's what we call them. We just use a different word for go, it. Go, Shelly.
1: Oh, my God. We got to go. So glad this is our first episode
0: <laughs> of the year. Fantastic. Thank you, Serge. Seeing you, you again Serge. after a couple of weeks. Audience. We really want to thank you for listening again for another year. And if you could do me a favor, I'm going to ask one thing. If you get any value from this podcast, I would really appreciate that if you went onto the platform that you listen, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and leave us a review. I'm not going to say to leave us a good review. Just leave us an honest review. We would really appreciate it. And on that end, that's, that's all I have, Shelley. That's not too much to ask for. Have a great Thank weekend. Thank you,
1: Serge. See you soon. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called